Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, listeners. This podcast is made possible thanks to several things. One of those things is donations, and you can donate to the podcast using one of the yellow PayPal donate buttons on my website. The other thing that helps the podcast going is Luke's English Podcast Premium, which, as you know, is my other service, and it contains loads of episodes, video, audio, PDFs, which are designed to help you build your vocab, improve your grammar, and work on your pronunciation too. And uh, for a small price per month, you get access to the entire library and all the new content that comes. And the money that I make from that kind of gets recycled back into the podcast and also pays for the time I can spend on doing this. And so there you go. Uh, if you're interested in Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info to find out more. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. How are you today? This episode is called Conspiracies, UFOs, Life Hacks with James. And I'm going for the full Joe Rogan clickbait title here, as you will see later. I've said before that I wonder if clickbait titles actually work. And I think they do. And whether I should use them. I'm still not sure about that. I guess we'll find out with this episode, which is a rambling conversation with my brother. Clickbait, by the way, is any content on the internet which is designed just to get you to click it. It's spelled C-L-I-C-K-B-A-I-T, one word, clickbait. And it's usually some kind of sensational title or a promise of amazing exclusive information, which is often not actually included. Usually they, they're there as bait for clicks, which ultimately will be turned into advertising revenue. Clickbait titles, examples, would be things like this. Dermatologists hate her new skincare routine that will save you thousands. Or like a YouTube video like, um, Why Jabba the Hutt is the key to the Skywalker bloodline in ways you couldn't imagine. 10 life hacks guaranteed to change the way you live forever. Or proof that aliens have already landed and are living among us. Seven secrets about COVID-19 that the government don't want you to know. Or these simple language hacks will help you speak like a native overnight. So those are some examples of clickbait titles. I personally hate clickbait, but as an online content creator, I'm drawn to and fascinated by the impact of attention-grabbing, wildly sensational titles. They obviously work. That's the thing, because they're everywhere. But a lot of the time, I find clickbait titles annoying and even depressing because it's so devious and also hackneyed. Anyway, 
Uh, for this episode, I've gone with the simple Conspiracies, UFOs, Life Hacks as a title. It's clickbait-ish with certain buzzwords that seem to attract attention. But really, this is just a bit of a joke, as you'll hear in the episode. Let's see if it makes any difference. Anyway, what are you going to listen to in this episode then? Well, the other evening, I called my brother James and I started recording our conversation before he answered the call, which I probably shouldn't have done because he wasn't expecting a podcast recording at this time. But I I pressed record before he'd even picked up and what resulted was a spontaneous chat that ended up going all Joe Rogan as we talked about UFOs, conspiracy theories and life hacks. First of all, there's a bit of a catch-up and a chat about the COVID situation and how James has been handling it, and then we get on to some of the major topics of our time, including whether we are alone in the universe, how to cook poached eggs, how to walk upstairs, how not to make British tea, the Beatles meeting Elvis, some sketchy impressions of celebrities, a dodgy chair, and what you should do with overripe bananas, as opposed to what you shouldn't do with overripe bananas. Here's what you should do with overripe bananas. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end to chat to you again with some music going on in the background, as usual, I expect. But now let's call my brother and see what happens. Here we go. So I'm about to start podcasting with my brother. I've got no idea what we're going to talk about. We've got no agenda for this at all. So I've set up a meeting on the old Zoom platform, the one that we've been using so much during the lockdown. Uh, it's it's in the evening. It's getting fairly late. Um, I've set up the Zoom meeting. I'm in Zoom now, waiting for James to arrive. I've emailed him all the details. Let's see what happens in this conversation. I don't think he'll be prepared for the fact that we're already recording. I'm going to surprise him with that one. Um, I wonder how he's going to react when he realises that we're already recording. We will see. And I wonder what kind of topics are going to come up. What kind of language are you going to hear? What are the things that we're going to talk about? James is saying the internet is slow as fuck at the moment. Hmm, which is not a good uh, sign. Does that mean he's trying to sign in? He's communicating with with me via WhatsApp at the moment. He's saying that might be a problem. We will see when he finally joins this call. Still waiting. Shall I write to him? What's uh, what's going going on? Question mark. I'm writing. I'm recording. I'm already recording. By the way. Okay, so I don't know how he's going to respond to that. Is this exciting? No, not really. It's a little bit boring. Oh, that's a pity. So it's late-ish in the evening. It's about 10pm where I am. And um, so I'm quite tired. I I have to admit I've had a few beers this evening, which is kind of um, normal-ish of an evening. I might sort of crack open a couple of beers while I am feeding my daughter her dinner and generally looking after her and stuff in the evening. So I am sort of several beers under. I've had my dinner. Mmm, delicious. Cooked by my wife. Oh, that was good. Uh, She made us some steak and then she made a kind of avocado, tomato and onion thing to go on the side. Very good. So James is joining the meeting. 
I'm going to admit him. Here he is. Does he know that we're already recording? I wonder how he will react. It's exciting. Here he is. Okay, what's his sound going to be like? The sound quality, probably terrible. I'll have to work through all that stuff with him, no doubt, as is normal. You know, on Zoom calls, you're constantly asking people, can you, you know, your microphone is muted, blah, blah, blah. And here he is. He's about to join us. I feel like there should be a jingle at this point, but there isn't. All I've got is a black screen. Oh, I can see my brother. He's got a headset on. One, two, oh, one, yes. two. Yes, we've got yeah, you. You're getting something. Yes. Good. Okay. okay. So I've been podcasting for now for about nine minutes. Okay. Why did you do that? I don't know. I just thought that it would be exciting to start podcasting. <laughs> before i actually talk to you and then we could just we can hit the ground running so to speak yeah so it means we don't have any sort of time for any sort of off off mic chat now though doesn't it nope it's all going out it's all rolling out onto the podcast basically what happens is i say hey luke fancy a chat and you say yeah yeah i need to do a new podcast actually (laughs) oh is that brotherly chat turned into content hard content wait is that what happened this evening was that is what happened really you, you, you thought it would just be a normal skype call and now here i am turfing well, I, you out I, onto the I podcast we just have a chat oh right oh i didn't realize that you thought it would just be a normal just on a guilt trip just normal fine. relationship level conversation that's fine that's fine uh, have you been using zoom a lot during the the lockdown or what no only early on with you and the rest of the family mm-hmm. uh i think i used it one other time with some sort of coll- ex-colleagues when we had a bit of a chat okay early on in the sort of quarantine sort of time and how have you been <coughs> have you been keeping busy during the period um i've been making a lot of tunes okay um, which is something that I kind of, it's my kind of go-to thing to do when I'm a bit bored. Mm-hmm. Bordering on obsessive-compulsive disorder. You've been very prolific, actually, during the um, the lockdown. I mean, I've my- been making, like, probably just under a tune a day, or at least, like, say, four or five a week. It's great. My listeners... That's not, my listeners- that's not, that's not necessarily such a good thing, because they're not all that great, but some of the couple of them okay. A couple of them are quite good. My listeners will know your tunes from those moments at the end, usually these days, of episodes when after the main content is finished and I do a sort of outro at the end. Is outro yeah. the word I've, I was talking That's about? That's what everyone thing. says. That's what yeah. everyone says. So I was doing an outro. Uh, I, I do outros and I usually have a bed of music underneath it. And I, I, I almost always choose one of your tunes. And the, the recent ones you've done have been really good. Well, I think they I have improved since because we talked on the podcast, your podcast before, about um, me making music with the NPC and everything. And I think if I listen back to those now, I've mm-hmm. definitely improved. I've definitely improved as far as the kind of sound quality goes and the sort of overall standard, I suppose. But it's so so slow you know it feels like getting better at such small increments you know Mm. i feel like i got quite good very quickly and then i've been slowly just crawling my way slightly better but feels a bit painfully slow sometimes you've hit the intermediate plateau i have you have to just keep you have to keep going well unfortunately the disc drive broke on my mpc yesterday no really 
So it's all right. I've replaced one before. I mean, they're quite user-friendly as far as taking them apart and having a bit of a dig around. <laughs> yeah. Although last time I did it, there were quite a few screws left over. Really? <laughs> That's worrying. <laughs> if you've repaired something and you realise there's a few screws left over. Okay. And some sort of essential cooling element. No, not not the cooling element. Yeah. I'm up. But, um, so yeah, I've been kind of like a bit like, oh God, I've, I had to go for a walk today and I had to cook myself dinner and all this constructive stuff where I'd normally be sat hunched over a machine. Right, because the machine was broken, so you had to actually do yeah, normal life. To do useful stuff, yeah. Have you found that l- the lockdown has made you, has it has it changed your lifestyle at all? I think I've got quite uh, sort of agoraphobic tendencies anyway sometimes. What does that mean? Well, that's an exaggeration, but I, I'm quite happy to stay indoors quite a lot of the time. Yeah, me too. I'm quite, I suppose you could say lazy, but I don't know. I'm just quite comfortable pottering around the house, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hasn't been that bad. And um, I've had some work. I mean, work's obviously slowed right down. Yeah. But uh, I've had some bits of work to keep, just keep ticking over. And um, yeah, it's been all right. It was weird just at the start when everyone was kind of in panic mode. Mm. And uh, mum and dad even suggested that I could go up and stay with them. You didn't want to do that? Well, it was, you know, a nice offer and everything, but I thought I'd probably, uh, we'd probably annoy each other. I'd probably annoy them or they'd annoy me or something. Which one one would it be? That you would annoy them or they would annoy you? I think we'd mutually annoy each other eventually. In what ways? Well, just because I'm not used to living at home, well, you know, in, in the family home with with parents or anything okay so i think it was for the for the best that i didn't do that it, it would be like uh when you were a teenager again wouldn't it well that's no <laughs> no no it wouldn't but it still wouldn't be good okay what was it like when you were a teenager do you remember oh luke i'm sure you'll remind us no, I, <laughs> I was just wondering if you wanted to. <laughs> yes, I do remember. I do remember, yes. Mm. Oh, he's got up from his chair. Just wandering over to get his water. Okay. All right. So right. what's the scene, man, in, in London, man, on the street and all that stuff? What's going down in Groovetown? Well, it's, it's starting to get more busy now, but um, it's still quite quiet on dash streets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very quiet the first few weeks. You know, eerily quiet. Yeah. A bit 28 Days Later sort of vibe. 28 Days Later. Which is some not my favourite film, but it's a zombie film or zombie type film set in London where there's one scene where he walks around the streets and they're all deserted. He walks around all the landmarks and everything and there's no one there except piles of litter. Yeah. So it's pretty much like that. Yeah, so it was a bit like that in Paris as well. Um actually like sort of deserted streets it was kind of great in a way just yeah uh, i enjoyed skateboarding around yeah yeah that's quite nice Uh, because i think a lot of people not i mean not everyone but a certain percentage of people sort of left london yeah because there was all sorts of scare stories about the army being brought in and potential you know rioting or looting and stuff none of which happened Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it felt very quiet. It's starting to get back to normal, but it's still still quiet. 
and went out, you know, on the way back early. It's definitely a lot less busy. I don't know how you. It's kind of a bit, a bit more like normal. A quarter busy. Yeah, here it's before it was an eighth busy. Here it's like uh, in in a way even busier than it normally would be. Like um, to counteract the fact that they can't, they don't want people to gather inside restaurants, and that the weather is quite nice. Like so much more space has been given to uh, restaurants putting their tables out in the street. So a lot of parking spaces have have been sort of um, closed off with little pallets like made into these little walls. And inside yeah. there are loads of tables and chairs and there's just like everyone is out on the terraces uh, having their evening meals and drinking their wine and stuff like that. It's crazy. It really is. So during the lockdown, I mean, I suppose, yeah, you said you, you quite like being sort of stuck at home, actually. Well, it was a bit weird. It was kind of a slightly freaky, especially in those first few weeks when there was lots of kind of panicky, uh, I don't know, the coverage was a bit, I mean, no one really knew what the score was and people still don't really know what the score is. So it's kind of, you know, it was weird. Well, um, did you everyone, ever- was, everyone was like, I wasn't going out to the shops. I wasn't going out at all. I was getting food delivered and I was like washing everything and, you know, just mm. following everything to the letter. And then as it's gone on, I've, started going to the food shop now and haven't really haven't socialized very much i've seen a couple of friends in the park and stuff mm-hmm. but uh i went for a skate a few times um yeah i don't know where that conversation was did, going well did, did the did the paranoid part of you ever start to think that there was something funny going on with the whole covid situation oh, you mean like a conspiracy theory type thing yeah well, there's obviously people that do think a bit like that, and you can see why because it's kind of like you have to take all the evidence on face value, and it's kind of unseen, you know, it's sort of an invisible thing. Yeah. And when when you ask around and nobody you know has got it, you start to question it. Well, I I don't particularly because I trust the people that are on the BBC, for instance, or and friends of mine are in the NHS. Yes, one of my friends is a nurse, and she was saying, "Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's been." everything's full you know and my friend who's a doctor told me the same thing and she said the nhs has coped but only because they've cancelled everything else god yeah really so all the people with you know long-term treatments or things that are ongoing or even cancer treatments have just been cancelled yeah right with the demand from covid19 so it's definitely real yeah but some people are you know, there's a lot of scepticism and, you know, people don't know what to believe. And it's, you know, you can understand that because it's all new, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've never experienced this we'll, before. I don't think we'll really know what it's all about for like 10 years, you know, when the public inquiries have come out and, you know. Yeah. But imagine if it's if it turns out that it's some manufactured sort of bioweapon. I don't think you should be spreading conspiracy I'm theories. Not, I'm not. I really don't I'm believe sorry. the conspiracy theories. Uh, I don't. So, but I, you know, I find them quite I mean, it's interesting easy to, to talk speculate, about. But you need to. You can't just make these statements. You need to have facts to back it up. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm not spreading conspiracy theories. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not like the Joe Rogan Experience podcast or anything where they're like, you know, giving hours and hours of stuff to genuine conspiracy theory nonsense. Speaking I, of which, didn't you tell me? Sorry. Yeah, Paris, go on. Sorry, finish, finish your sentence. But no, no, just while I remember. You tell me that it was World UFO Day today. Uh, I think it was Mum who said that in on WhatsApp ah. that it's World UFO Day today. 
So that's quite a good topic. Yeah, UFOs. So, what do you think about <laughs> what do you think about UFOs then? I mean, we, you, you said you wanted to go for for clickbait on this one, right? Yeah. So life hacks, UFOs. And <laughs> what are the life hacks? We haven't talked about life hacks. I'll come to. I'll come to those. We, in a we, we have They're to not... talk about life hacks then. Yeah. So life hacks, UFOs. What's another good one? We're not going to have. We're not going to have conspiracy um, theories, though. No conspiracy theories, really. Are you sure? And conspiracy theories, but as in we're just I saying they're COVID bollocks. conspiracies. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, no. COVID so conspiracies and uh, life hacks. And what was the what was the other one? Um, Joe Rogan, the UFOs. That's it. UFOs. Okay, so what are your UFO stories then? Go on. Got well, some UFO shit. I've got some UFO experience. Oh, really? Well, you know this story. Um, when I was about twelve, uh, I was reading the local paper, and there was an article about this guy who was supposedly a UFO expert, <laughs> and he'd taken all these photos of UFOs, and he was giving a talk about them in Solihull. Yeah. And uh, they printed all these photos of UFOs, and they were like amazing photos. <laughs> How? How amazing? <laughs> like clearly fake so it, you know, describe like, the photos if you can like a detailed ufo shot from above in a sort of canyon right okay you know but like yeah, it was obviously yeah. a model i mean they were really well taken shots but they were just clearly fake they were just too good and yeah. they were from the wrong angles and things like that it was just like come on yeah and uh, it wasn't even it was just like and there was no like evidence for it. And this guy was clearly talking out of his ass because he's never hear, heard of again. You know, it was yeah. it was just just fake photos of UFOs. So I was like, I can't believe they put that in the paper. So I stuck a bit of um, black card on my window. You cut out a piece of black card yeah, into just the a shape. little roughly roughly cut out in the shape of UFO. Stuck it on the window and took a photo with like an instant camera through the window, so you can see the little black mark. Yeah. When I got it, de- I think I got it developed the next day or something because I, I wanted to get this back. And I sent it into the paper and I said, I read with interest your article, but probably not in such wanky language. I read your 12 uh, <laughs> year old, I read your uh, story about um, UFOs and I found it very interesting. Here's, by coincidence, I saw a UFO yesterday. Right. Here's the photo as proof. I think it's just as authentic as any of the photos he printed. <laughs> See, satire. <laughs> and uh, they printed it. And the next day I was at work in the orange tree, like cleaning glasses or something. And I yeah. was like, did you really see a UFO? Because they, they printed my address and everything, you know. like this. <laughs> and all the pot washers and chefs and stuff. Fucking hell, did you see a UFO? <laughs> and I was like, no, it was a very clever letter ex- explaining to them that they, you know, and they were just like... But did you see a UFO? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So you just completely faked it really easily. Well, it was a, it was a, it was obviously a fake. The one that I sent in was like you know terrible. Yeah, it was obviously but a piss take, and they they yeah. they published it with tongue in cheek. Yeah, it was thing. quite good. It looked good in print because that sort of half tone mm-hmm. of the uh, print process kind of covered up the sort of crappy edges of the um, special the, effects. The, that you'd yeah. chosen to use. <laughs> it looked it looked a bit more authentic at print somehow. Right. But so you... that's my UFO experience. And we also we were talking today about the Rendlesham incident, weren't we? And What's the Rendlesham in Rendlesham? It's a US Army base in Suffolk. 
Suffolk in, in England, in, in East England. East Anglia in England. Exactly. In, in Suffolk, in, there's, a, there's a US Army base there. And I haven't got any of the information, but there was a site, of, was it in the early 80s? I'm just going to quickly look. Is it WR for Rendlesham or is it just R? 1980. The Rendlesham Forest Incident, 1980. So I won't bother reading the Wikipedia page. You can look it up. But some army personnel, mm-hmm. security, were called out to the woods nearby the army base. Reports of strange lights. And they made a recording, an audio recording, of them going through the trees and being very, very spooked out. What's that? I, sorry, I just put a like an emoticon thumbs up into <laughs> Skype in order to say yes, nice one. This is good, and I thought it would be like a little thing, and you're like, oh, stop Creepy. the story. What's that? Creepy. <laughs> it's a little thumb um, going, giving a okay, thumbs up. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I like this. Carry on. You don't do that though. You don't go. <laughs> just raise your thumb, random. Raise up. your thumb, and press it back down again. It looks looks disgusting. Creepy. Anyway, so they they saw or they saw they sh- thought they saw something, and uh, then they went. Then some other guys went back the second night, a second night, and there's all these stories which gets which get better each time they're told. Excellent. Like the original tape, they didn't really see anything except lights, mm-hmm. and I think because it was the middle of the night and it was in a forest and it was probably very spooky, they got really scared. Yeah. And they their imagination's got the better of them. Yes, okay. Because there's this theory that there was actually a lighthouse nearby. Right. And lights that they see through the trees and the mist coincide exactly with the rotation of the lighthouse. Ah. So they're going, there's lights. Do you see them? Do you see them again? The light through the forest. And then it goes, it's gone again. It's come, it's come back. It's, it's moving right. from left to right. right. Right, right, right. And all this stuff. And everything else has been built up over time and got better and better and better and better until it... And this one general guy, I don't know. I think he's just become a ufologist in retirement, basically just dining off this story. Yeah, a ufologist. This is the other guys. This is my take on it. I don't know. And he, he, in the end, he says, and I saw this triangular-shaped spacecraft, and I think it was either of alien origin or from another dimension. <laughs> Because, well, how fucking objective? <laughs> either yeah. it was from... It, it, how, how very scientific of you. Either either, either of alien origin or from another dimension. And that's not alien, then, like, if it's from another no, dimension. I mean, how did you come to that conclusion that it was from another dimension? Yeah. <laughs> well, how much do you know about dimensions, mate, exactly? There's literally anything's possible in another it's, dimension. So they're full of... You know, it's it's a fun, it's a good story. I like it as a story, and I think it's a good story of how things become legend and how things get better as they're told. Yes, you've never seen a UFO yourself, then? Uh, well, a UFO is just something that you don't know the identity of, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you don't so, know what it is. Yeah, not really. You never seen anything flying I, in the sky? You didn't know what it was? I don't think so. I, I once saw a meteor. Have I told you this? I must have told you this story. Have I told you this story? Uh, try me. I think I did. I remember you were living abroad. Not abroad. No, you were living... Uh, you in, saw it in Kent. 
You were living in, yeah, you were living in uh, Cambridge at the time. I was with yeah. Paul Breeze, uh-huh. our mate from back home, back out in the sticks when we lived in the middle of nowhere in, in a little town called Chadwick End. Google it, folks. Google it. Chadwick End. You'll find it in the West Midlands. Chadwick, C-H-A. I can reveal this because we don't live there anymore. C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K-End. Chadwick End out there in Solihull. I was with Paul Breeze and we were out the back of the garden house because we were lucky enough to have this little sort of what used to be a double garage separate from the house. And uh, my parents kind of put some uh, carpets and sofas and stuff in there. So we were out the back of that having a cigarette and um, in the distance over the fields, we saw something drop from beneath the clouds. Yeah. And it was uh, it had a trail of smoke coming behind it, and it, it was it had an orange glow. It was obviously on fire. Wow. A ball of fire dropped down beneath the line of clouds in the very distance. Yeah, and we were looking above the hedges, and there's cloud, and then you can see like electricity pylons in the distance. And so it dropped down from the um, cloud, and it it was glowing orange. Left a trail of smoke with it, and it slowly went out as it dropped, and it must have landed somewhere out there in the middle of the Warwickshire countryside. Mad. Was that ever re- reported? No, I never, never saw anything about it afterwards. Mm. But, I uh, mean, I've seen, some great, I've seen some great videos of, like, dash cams. Yeah. Of meteors and stuff. Well, there were those ones in uh, Russia. Is it Cherlyabinsk? Is that where they yeah, landed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a massive thing. That, like, exploded high above the, the, the ground, but it was like the... the the combination of explosions of these meteors was like bigger than any atomic bomb that's ever gone off. It was like nine atomic bombs all together or something like that. It was completely crazy. What? In the air above? Yeah. When, when uh, those meteors exploded in the air above a town in Russia, the explosions were like greater than sort of many atomic bombs together. It's insane. So people get killed. It, it it was what high happened? it was high enough in the atmosphere for oh, it just to blow yeah. out windows and knock people over yeah. and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that you know postman <laughs> drops dropped all their letters on the floor and things like that sort yeah. of thing yeah. uh, so never seen a ufo would you if would you like to be abducted by ufos like in that film um close encounters of the third kind the uh, martin scorsese no <laughs> steven spielberg <laughs> that would be a different film wouldn't yeah it? hey you fucking alien fucks you are you fucking <laughs> with me yeah you fucking mook. Ah, come on. Imagine that Robert De Niro versus aliens. Hey, you fucking, you, are those your fucking fingers or your fucking toes? I can't, I can't fucking tell, huh? Um, that was more like Sonny from The Godfather. Yeah, well, could be that as well. So yeah, if you if you got sort of, uh, you know, caught up with aliens and shit, would you, get, would you be up for an abduction or? No, not really. Not into the probing and stuff. Really? Because he's pretty nah. keen to do it, old Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's, he's up for it. Well, he's been sort of, you know, brainwashed. You know, he's been sort of brainwashed. Yeah. I mean, if I start making any weird shapes out of mashed potato, then I'll, I'll, I'll call somebody. I'll call. Uh, what is it? What's the NHS hotline? <laughs> Will Smith, no. Uh, ben, yeah, ben yeah, Black. Um. It's a pretty good film, isn't it? It's Close Encounters. He has a like a close encounter with a, with a UFO, and then after that, he has visions, and he's constantly um, trying to create this shape out of all the materials in front of him, and he's like making this shape out of the mashed potato his wife has presented with him, 
him with and then some mud and sand and stuff and it turns out to be a big mountain he's like making the shape of this mountain and he some one day he sees it on tv and he heads there and that's where the aliens land it's a uh, pretty pretty crazy shit um yeah, it's quite sort of positive though isn't it i mean it's like they're good guys aren't they the aliens yeah but even but so are the so are the the americans the government yeah they're quite, you know, they're not like, let's shoot these commie bastards <laughs> or something. Did you see the footage that was released by the Pentagon earlier this year of um, UFO footage? It's pretty weird. Yeah. Hard to know what to make of that. It's, I mean, we don't know what that stuff is, and neither do they, do they? Hmm. Well, maybe it's just them going, look, we've, we've got access to some alien tech that you don't have, so... Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what UFOs are all about. Yeah, you know the shape of a UFO; it looks like a saucer. Yes, that was to detract people from thinking that they might be a wing, like the stealth bomber, which in silhouette or profile yeah. looks very much like a disc. Oh, really? So the idea of a disc, some people think, was put about so that if anyone saw strange flying shapes, they'd think they were a disc rather than a wing. Oh, I see. So you've got throw. discs in your head, and you look at something you that's... You think, oh, it's a disc. You know, there's a big disc in the sky. It's actually a, a, a very flat wing. It's not NASA's new hypertech. If you, look the, if you look at the silhouette of a stealth bomber, it's like flat with a little dimple at the top. Yeah, but UFO-ish. Like classic UFO shape, yeah. What do you think happened to Area 51? Do you remember in the 90s, James, when... Um, Let's say 1994, 90, <laughs> yeah, 1993, 1993, 1994, everyone was the complete. X-Files was on. The X-Files was on TV. Everyone was mental about aliens. And you everyone and me. Had post, everyone had a poster on their wall saying, take me to your dealer. Yeah, there was like posters of aliens. <laughs> take me to your dealer, not take me to your leader. Posters of aliens, aliens on TV, aliens, aliens, aliens. An alien dressed as like uh, Dirty Harry. Have you seen that one? and it's like like, an alien what's the relevance like a a dreadlock rasta alien smoking (laughs) smoking a spliff (laughs) you know that sort of thing as well so uh why did i start asking you this that's in the 90s so we were all obsessed with aliens i don't know why uh, area 51 area 51 so what do you think about it because we were all talking about it what do you think went on there isn't it like a military testing base i think so so well it's probably military testing stuff then isn't it but it's pretty weird that if people are seeing stuff like triangles in the sky flying in different directions i think they're probably unlikely to be of alien origin the thing that the thing that was there originally was that apparently an alien crash landed and then the the government (laughs) the government stepped in and uh said that it was a balloon crash or a balloon accident and it was parts of a balloon that were were lost there it's still just a big blah blah do you remember, do you remember it's that? too far away aliens aren't going to come here it's, the distances are too far mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen and they're not going to be flying around in little ships it's just like not going to happen sorry do you remember the video that was released in the 90s at some point called the alien autopsy yeah do you ever, yeah. Did you ever see the alien autopsy? Yes, I did. And it's incredibly realistic. <laughs> mm. No, it's just a rubber alien, isn't it? Yeah. 
And but there was like quite a lot of people who were convinced it was real for a while. Well, there you go. But the thing that gave it away was the fa- the telephone cable. It was, was out a, of date. It was a curl. It was a, it, was a, it was a sprung telephone cable. Whereas in those days they didn't have those things. So busted, uh, busted. It was that, not the rubber alien on the on the bed. <laughs> everything else checks out it's just that one telephone cable yeah yeah so what else can be said about ufos i mean you know is there anything else that i'm a skeptic i'm a huge skeptic as far as the alien thing okay but i Uh, mean there must be aliens out there i mean the universe is so huge must there Mm. yeah there should be but we don't know for a fact we might be it I mean, I'm not saying that's likely, but, you know, we don't know. Isn't it weird that we exist, you know? Yeah, massively. Don't you think that just like the conditions on, on Earth were just, just right? It's like one in, a, one in infinity chance. Yeah, the, the, the chances against exist, existing are almost infinite. But don't and you the f- chances, the likelihood mm. of existing are like a, a infinity to, to, to one. But don't you think that if you've got a similar planet with similar conditions where there's the same num- same amount of water and oxygen and nitrogen yeah, and all theory, that stuff. Yeah. So it, should be it, out. it could definitely happen. I mean, you know how strong life yeah, of can course, be. Of course, of course. I just like to think of every angle, but of course. I just don't know, don't know if, if you... It, logically, there must be. And they found other planets that are, you know, possibles recently, haven't they? A long, a long, quite a long way away. I mean, they're not going to be much use to us, but... Still... Interesting. I wonder what the I wonder what the aliens would look like. Would they be sort of super intelligent beings, uh, like greater than us, or would they just be basically pond sludge? I think they'd be like gas, sort of. They look like praying mantises. <laughs> yeah, but swim around in a sort of gas layer. And they need that gas layer to stay alive, yeah. kind of thing. And they yeah. they fart into it and they drink it and everything. Yeah, and they're kind of they have a society, but it's organic. It's not uh, it's not machines and concrete. It's just all organic bit like an alien basically they have no economy they just uh, have, they just they just no. have plasma and sort of you know <laughs> reproductive reproductive yeah. fluids yeah yeah okay well that's something to look forward to at least <laughs> so the the other thing in this clickbait episode uh was um oh, life, hacks. life hacks so have you got any good life hacks have you got any life hacks well i don't know i may be able to think of some if you give me a chance but um you, you're okay, the, one my, who... the one I, the one i've thought of is uh, poached eggs mm-hmm. basically just use a bit of vinegar in the pan really just vinegar in the pan <laughs> i should have built that up more shouldn't i but if you want perfect poached eggs find out what this mum of three chefs hate what this mum found out on Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. when you're making, making poached eggs, a lot of people have different techniques. And there's the old school, like, poached egg maker, like the ones that mum and dad used to have. Remember yes. them? Yes, I do remember they those. make little perfect little sort of, what would you call that Cup, shape? Cups. Domes. Little domes of a... Poached a egg. Perfect made poached egg, which is, you know, kind of quite 70s. Mm-hmm. Then there's some people use the cling film method, which just sounds all wrong to me. But you wrap each egg up in cling film and dangle it over into the pan. Okay, that's kind of like what some like wankers do. <laughs> <laughs> wankers, a, but I don't like the cling film getting that close to the egg in hot water. It can't be that good for it. Right, I would. Yes, I would think some so. Some people use the vortex method, which is only for emergencies. But you stir the water in the pan really fast into a, like a whirlpool. Yes. 
and you drop the eggs into the middle, it's extremely dangerous. If you get it wrong, <laughs> Why is it extremely dangerous? <laughs> can you, you can you wrong, mess up the space-time continuum if you do it? All sorts of things can go wrong. If you get it wrong, and with used cheap eggs, the eggs just immediately break up into contact with the water mm-hmm. and just scatter all over the inside of the bowl, <laughs> which isn't what you want. If you get it right, they're kind of contained in this sort of the eye of the hurricane, so to speak. Yeah, and they just poach perfectly. They just poach but. but it's 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 radical that's when you haven't got any uh white wine vinegar so what you really need to do is just put a splash of white wine vinegar in the pan you'll get perfectly con, con, condensed contained form, perfectly contained formed eggs okay that's great and i think the timing is just long enough to toast two slices of bread and butter them that's about how long yeah, you want to time it i would say so so do you think that just with that alone that that justifies the presence of the of the phrase life hacks in the title of this episode or do we need to give more i feel like we need to give more a funny one did you see that um british tea making video the british tea making video the american woman yeah you know what (laughs) you know what i'm gonna pull that up right now Uh, uh, (laughs) okay yeah this this went around the internet quite a lot i uh uh, i mean surprised she didn't delete her account hold on she must have so much hate unless it was unless it was a joke so okay so i'm going to play the video it's about one hour of one hour one minute and 16 seconds long and i'll describe what's going on and then james you're going to talk about the british tea video then are you you won't be able to hear this unfortunately but my listeners will here we go okay so i should just say that this is like some kind of housewife in middle america somewhere she's with her daughter and she's basically saying hey guys this is how uh, you make british tea and it's an abomination Hey guys, so I got a lot of questions after my last video and everyone wanted to see me make hot tea or British tea. So today we are going to make tea. So fill our mug with water, put it in the microwave. So first of all, fill your mug with water. You should never fill the mug with water. You should be filling the kettle with water. Just, I think it's funnier if you just let it play all the way no, through. Uh, you reckon? You reckon? Okay. Yeah. As long as they understand what's happening. It speaks so for itself. Fill your mug with water, put it in the microwave. Set it for a minute, pour the milk in, drop your tea bag in, add the sugar, give it a little stir, and that's how you make hot tea. So I get a lot of questions about... So, okay, do we need to go back through that because James has disappeared? Put it in the, mi- in the microwave. Then you add the milk. Oh, what? And then you add the tea bag to the milk. And then you add sugar on top. No, 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 no. All, all wrong. So, James, I what's just, your, what's your I just like the smug way she says at the end, and that's the way you make British tea. Like this. And that's how you make hot tea. And that's how you make hot tea. <laughs> it's got to be guaranteed. Like, she describes it as British tea at the beginning, though, right? So I've one had a lot thing, of questions. Hold on. Hang on. I want to know if she well, calls it British tea. Hold on. Hey, guys. So I got a yeah, lot of questions after my last video, and everyone wanted to see me make hot tea or British tea. Everyone wanted to see me make hot tea or British tea. Right. Something I want to flag here. Yeah. She says something like, people have been asking to see me make British tea. Yeah. Bullshit. I do not buy that. No one has been asking her to see her make tea. That's just a lie. Straight off the bat, she's lying. And then she brings in the awkward daughter for some, you know, no need for that. Mm. It's just the whole thing's just, you know, I think it's kind of sparked off a bit of an international incident, didn't it? Did it really? Yeah, I think there was some diplomatic... Confusion. 
um, banter. Yeah. On Twitter. Confused diplomatic banter. Anyway, that's that. Well, okay. Good, good. So there you go. But you do not have an, uh, a life hack for this? How do you make a cup of tea? Well, the way you're supposed to do it, I'll quickly run through how you're supposed to do it. Get a pot of a teapot, warm the pot with hot water, empty the pot, then get your tea caddy, or whatever it's called, put the tea in it, pour the tea over the... Blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. You get your tea. Is it get one of those tea balls with a loose tea in it, put okay. that in the teapot. That's probably the best way of doing it. Okay. And then leave it to stew for a bit and then just get stuck in with a few people. And milk in first, and milk in second. Running, uh, just top it up with more hot water. Milk in first, milk in second? Milk in second. Why? Because it's just the way the way it should be but why is that though there must be a reason i don't know just i know i know the reason okay if you put them if you you put the milk in first you can't judge you 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 need to judge how much milk you should put in so that's why you put it in second when you're mixing a paint you you i don't know forget it (laughs) i was going for that when you're mixing a paint you uh, uh forget it you don't add it's the other way around with paint, though. That's why I got confused. You don't add white to a colour no to make idea. it lighter. You add colour to white to make it darker. Because otherwise you'll be pouring in about eight litres of white to make a colour lighter. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, but um, that's good. Have you, well, you take the one and put it yeah. to anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I had some other stuff to do. Life rather. hacks. I'm trying oh, to think God. if I have any life hacks. I, I really don't think I do. Climbing, climbing stairs. I have to climb a lot of stairs in my life because I live on the top of yeah. a building. Climbing flights of stairs. I have to climb 100 steps to get to my front door. So the trick for climbing, a, if, you, you know, if you're ever faced with a large number of steps you have to climb, the trick to it is to, well, there's two things. One is to completely distract your attention away from the, the climb itself. So you need to immediately start doing other things. Make lists in your head of stuff you need to buy from the supermarket. You need to uh, quiz yourself. Do quizzes. That's what I find helps. So it takes me about a minute, maybe 30 seconds to climb the stairs, and I do a little quiz on the way up, and it just distracts your mind from the fact you're climbing. That's the one thing. The second thing is, let's say it's in five sets of stairs. So when you hit set number one, you have to imagine that is set number zero. Okay, the first set of stairs you hit is actually zero. And from there, you count one, two, three, four. And then when you get to the fourth floor, you're actually at the fifth floor, and it's a lovely surprise. So that's, that's insane. That's, that's my, insane. It's not insane. That's actually very good advice, and you'll find it works. <laughs> For anything like that, you you, tie, you you start counting 10 things you know late, and then it's a surprise when you get to the end. You'll see. It works. It really okay, does. good life hack. I think that's... That's enough to justify the phrase life hacks. So what did we have in the title for this? We had life hacks. We had um, UFOs, UFOs and something else, no? There was something else. COVID. COVID, wasn't no, it? No, conspiracy theories, but we're not going to... Conspiracy gonna, we theories. Do, we could do daft conspiracy theories. Uh, what's the daftest conspiracy theory you can think of? The Paul McCartney is dead one. Yeah, I knew you'd bring that up. But that you know what? That needs to be a whole episode on its own i have to say we still haven't done an episode on the beatles no but again that's another one that that it's not just one episode i can't i can't even begin because 
I just want to do the early years. We could do the the Red Album and the Blue Album. Maybe, maybe we could do that. But you know, I'd have to start a whole Beatles podcast in order to do it justice. But I'm sort of building up to it. I'm just building up to it. I'm going to do the the Beatles story one day. I'll just tell the story of what happened. It's an amazing story, but it's just a difficult one. It would be a few episodes long. I've been watching the anthology again because you bought it for me. Thank you very much. That's right. What do you think of the anthology? It's just brilliant. What is it? What is it for those people who don't know? It's the story of the Beatles in a series of like seven or eight programs. And uh, it's just interviews with the Fab Four or the the remaining Fabs Mm -hmm. with with, uh, clips of John from when he was alive. Um, But George was was still still alive, alive, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Um, so yes, yeah, the three of them, and lots of cool interviews, and lots of good archive footage, and interviews with everyone who was there, and just tells the whole story from you know their childhood mm. right up to the breakup. Yeah, it's, they really were in that band from childhood. Yeah, it's an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, it's got everything. It's got everything yeah, in it. Really that has. story, and there's a lot of humour in it. Yeah, like it's very witty. They're very funny guys. I mean, that was always a big part of their charm. Yes. Their appeal was they were funny. I mean, they they would have been pretty unsufferable if they were serious, wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. Totally. In, in, insufferable. In, um, insufferable. Uh, you know, they would have been horrible, really. Did, but because they had a good sense of humour, they were fantastic. Did you watch a lot of the out uh, the outtakes from the anthology as well, including the stuff of the three Beatles sitting around the table in George's house? Yeah, playing those little guitars. There's the there. ukulele section, but there's the bit when they're sitting around the table and they're talking about the time that they the times they met Elvis. Oh, and they're saying, "Oh, John jammed with Elvis." We all must have been in another room. Yeah, because John told everyone that he jammed with Elvis and all this kind and of stuff. And George was saying that, like, you know, he doesn't remember because all he was trying to do was suss out from Elvis's guys if any of them had any reefer, as he said it. <laughs> um, but um, they, they do talk about times when they met Elvis, and Ringo was saying, like, I met him a few, a couple of times. I think it was at a party, uh, and it's like, you know, that's it. He was, he met him the both times he met him was at that party. Like he met him, and then like you know, a few hours later he met him again. again. You know, and and then um, George talks about meeting him in the seventies, and Elvis had the full on sort of the big belt buckle and the big um, um, huge um, what do you call those things that stick out of lapels on his jacket and everything, the white suit. And George is there, and he's he's like all in denim, and he's got long hair and a beard, and he's he's like this grotty little troll like hello elvis how are you like that like the way george tells the story hello elvis how are you so did you ever was <laughs> the bad leg did you, did you ever meet there? elvis again <laughs> i felt i'd met him several times you felt him yeah well no one really didn't stand up we remember him well memories that i met him several times but maybe it was just the one night it's called flashbacks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I only met him that once, that night. He was, Good when guy. I saw him, I was like a hippie and I had all this denim on and I had long hern stuff down to here. It was in the early 70s and uh, I went backstage to meet him and, you know, those big dressing rooms, like, you know, miles of toilets and stuff. 
And so I was sitting there talking to the guys again, and he was nowhere to be seen. Then finally he came round the corner, and he had that big white outfit mm. with all the gold things and big belt buckle like this. And he looked like Ringo. He was all <laughs> his beard was was varnished. <laughs> no, he, you know, all his hair was black, and he was all tanned and stuff. And he seemed like I thought I was meeting Vishnu or, you know, Krishna or somebody. It was just like wow. And I just felt like this little snotty, grubby little, you know, Elvis, how are you? You know, and he was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, just... I love it when, when George is talking about their MBEs as well. Mm-hmm. And he's so unimpressed. He's like, and they're so funny when they're talking about that because uh, they're just like they're kind of laughing about it. And uh, George is going, it's the lowest order you can get. And that's the best they can do. And he's like, uh, we made London, we made the whole of the Britain swing all through the 60s. Think of the amount of corduroy we sold. <laughs> and they give us this little bit of tin with some rope running through it. That's right. <laughs> it's so funny. The, the, the titles that they were given um, after... Member of the British Empire, the MBE. which is like very level of honor it's an honor yeah that's right the honor the queen's honors list you get the mbe cbe obes you know sir dame and all that stuff yeah oh there's just there's so much to talk about and you know paul as well i mean paul is great in the uh he's brilliant he's he's a good storyteller yeah he is actually they, they all are really but um i'm just trying to remember you can tell that you can tell the bits that they're really happy about are kind of sort of well, all the way through to the middle, towards the end, really. And then the last few episodes, the last two episodes, well, the last episode, really, they're kind of on a bit of a downer and there's chaos. And when Brian, 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 Brian died, Epstein dies in 67, they kind of all went a bit messy at that point. Yes, it did, didn't it? Um, I mean, yeah. But, you know, it just had to be. I mean, there, there was also their best period in some ways. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. You know, I like doing the Paul McCartney impression. I had this, I, I had this idea that he's being interviewed, and he's like convinced that he wasn't in the Beatles, or that he's like didn't really do anything. Because you know, normally <laughs> in his interviews, he talks as if um, he sort of plays it down, but he bigs himself up at the same time. You know, you know what I mean? Like, humble like, brag. You know, yeah, a lot of sort of humble bragging, and you know, we were like, just we were just a great little rock and roll. You know, yes, yesterday it just came to me in a dream, you know, and I was taking it round going, have you heard this before? You know, it's got to be something. It's got to be something. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the way he sort of like slightly rewrites history. But I thought it'd be funny to imagine that Paul McCartney is convinced, is actually genuinely convinced that he wasn't really that big a deal in the Beatles. And Go on, uh, give us a, so he's give like, us you know, he's sort of saying things like, you know, I sort of think to myself, you know, I was in the Beatles. You know, that's 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 amazing. You know, that's crazy. You know, a lot of lot of great uh, great music was made. You know, I think a lot of it was, you know, mainly John. I think <laughs> it was mainly John. He was the 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 main songwriter, and uh, you know, Ringo played a lot of great drums, and uh, you know, George, of course, was you know pushing the boundaries with the way he was playing the, the guitar. And, you know, I just came in, you know, played a little bit of bass. <laughs> uh, you know, just a little bit of bass here, you know, a little bit of vocals. And, uh, you know, it turned out really great. But I think it was mainly John who was the driving force. 
There's Did you my, see that? Paul McCartney. Sorry? Did you see that? Sorry, Paul. This. What's that? Was... You've got a chair that goes up and down. Yeah, but it goes down when you don't want it to sometimes. That must be fun for you. So you're sitting there and then you'll just drop half an inch and then an inch. Okay. Like this. It's doing it now. It's doing, doing it. it I now. can see that you're slowly dropping. It's fucking annoying. This Sorry. Is really riveting content for the podcast. All right. What else have we got? Uh, I've got another life hack. Oh, you've got another life hack. Fantastic. What do you do when you're, when you're really hungry mm-hmm. and all you've got is uh, some flour, some self-raising flour, two eggs, two bananas that have gone way overripe, mm-hmm. some sugar, yeah. and some butter. And some butter. You mix them all together into banana bread. Mm. So you get, first you, you you need the butter to be soft, but you mix about a third of a pack of butter with like about half a cup of sugar okay. into a paste. Then in the other bowl, you mix up the bananas and the eggs and then the flour. Mm-hmm. Then you mix them all together loads. And then you put it in a dish, in a little, you know, cake tin. That's great. And then what do you do with it? Well, take a wild guess. Eat it? Put it in the oven for about 35 minutes or a bit longer. Okay, and then you eat it? Then you eat it. It's very nice. That's great. So that is Jim's recipe for banana bread. And I I usually follow the BBC recipe. I've stopped following it because it was a bit too rich. So I put a bit less sugar and butter in than they suggest. What do you think of Jamie Oliver? Where do you stand on Jamie Oliver? <laughs> on his neck. Hey. But you set him up and I'll knock him down. Yep. So what do you think of Oliver, Jamie Oliver? Uh, I try not to, really. Why's that? No, he's all right, I suppose. I think he overreached himself with his business plan. I think we should do the impression. Did, uh, th- th- Jamie's, Jamie's Italian, which he, was a bit shit. His his chain of restaurants. His chain of restaurants. Um, but he was, he was all right. I think his heart's in the right place when he tried to talk the Conservative government into giving healthier school meals, and they yes. all just ignored him. Yes, I think so. Felt, felt for him there. I think, James, that we should do the impressions round. Okay. So I get to name an impression that you have to do, and then you return by naming an impression I have to do. Okay. Okay. So the first impression I would like you to do, and and maybe I should give you a scenario that you've got to talk about as well. So you're 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 selling uh, insurance door to door. Okay, going to people's houses selling insurance, and you are Michael Caine. Go. Open the bloody door. Hello, how can I help you? Right, I'm here to make sure that you and your loved ones don't get into a spot of bother. So all you have to do is sign on this dotted line and I'll make sure that you don't come to any harm. Is that all right? Okay, thank you, uh, Michael Caine. Very good. Kind of went a bit wrong at the end. It's all right. It's it's good. Um, Not in the full Steve Coogan... um, Rob Brydon, sort of, you know, the whole, you know, the back of the throat thing. No, well, that's been done, hasn't it? it you has know, been. you can't try and copy someone else's impression. Right, your turn for me then. Situation and an impression I have to do. This person, I don't know if you can do them or not. No, I don't know either. Well, we'll we... find out. Yeah. Um, okay. So the scenario is you're trying to buy some bread in a French boulangerie. Okay. And you're Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson. 
Uh, uh, look here. So, uh, 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 I, I've come, uh, because, uh, I want to get, no, I can't do it. I That's Johnny Depp. Do Hunter. Hunter, uh, uh, well, the thing about Hunter S. Thompson is that he, he does this kind of, uh, when he says, uh, it's like, uh, that's it, isn't it? So, uh, uh a lot of, uh, fucking, uh, uh, you know, lots of, uh, and then a lot of very impossible to understand mumbling. Uh, very big pauses. So, uh, I've come, uh, to get some, uh, fucking bread. Uh, now that's become, uh, Barack Obama. Suddenly, it's not an easy one, is it? It's something like. Uh, How do you do, Hunter? S. I just want to get some fucking bread and get out of here, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't know. I could can't be, do it. Could be that uh, I might have to take one of these breadsticks and run the fuck out of here. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do it. And, and why not? Why not push <laughs> why it as far as it'll go? Take it all away. Why not push things? You know, he's one piece of bread. Go. Why not eat them all? My, my turn for you. So you are uh, returning a book at the library. And you are Harrison Ford. I'm just doing Harrison Ford's confused face at the moment. <laughs> That's the best thing about Harrison Ford, his confused face. And then his shouting face. He does as well. Anyway, go on. Uh, how you doing, old man? I'd like to take out this book on uh, Wookiee dialect. <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> it started pretty good but it went all wrong it went so English Wookiee uh, dialect it went all English it went all English uh, like, uh, isn't uh, Han Solo uh, what's his name Harrison Ford Harrison Ford kind of speaks like this isn't he he's got like, uh, the most lazy voice in Hollywood something like that what's that joke um, in Dark Place he goes uh, Harrison Ford used to be a carpenter some people say he still is. Ah, that's very, wood, very wooden. His performances. So your turn for me. We'll do. We'll do one more of these after oh, this. After, after this. Um, Come on. Uh, okay, um, Noel Gallagher. All right. Buying a fridge freezer. All right. So uh, I've just come down here for. Uh, come down here to what's this? What's this fucking shop again? What is it? What's the name of the fucking shop? So, Curry's, sir. Curry's. Right, just come down to Curry's. Magnificent shop. You know what I mean? Those of, like, hi-fis and that. I, I, I used to have that. I had that one in the 90s. Listen to most of... Uh, record a lot of the demos for... Uh, definitely, maybe, on that. I used to have that. Anyway, so I've come down here for a uh, fridge. I want a big fuck-off fridge freezer from the kitchen. <laughs> On the big fuck-off fridge freezer <laughs> for me kitchen. Right, have you got that fucking... What's it What's it called? That fucking Red Dwarf thing? Smeg. Have you got one of them Smeg things? <laughs> you got one of them Smeg. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll have a Smeg. Make sure there's a lot of room for fucking... I've always, like, you know, things, I've always wanted a Smeg. And I've always thought, yeah, why have they got fucking fridges called Smeg? There's something fucking weird about that. I want one. <laughs> there you go. Noel Gallagher talking about buying a fridge. All right, that's that's enough impressions, I reckon. Okay, you think we're done? All right, then I think that's that's probably the the we've reached the zenith. Yeah. One thing I wanted to see: what do you reckon the chances are of us getting Akai to give me a free NPC one to review? How would you manage that? 
I don't know. By the way, he's, James is talking about the Akai. It's a company that makes like stuff for making music, including the MPC 2000 and probably more now. MPC one. I'm a loyal. I'm a loyal Akai user, and with your huge listener base, you'd think they might want to like advertise there. Okay, let's try by so, sending sending me a free MPC one, which MPC- I will probably love and probably talk about on every episode. Is Akai Japanese? I do believe it is, isn't it? It's either that or American, I'm not sure. But anyway, anyone listening who's connected to the Akai company that produces the MPC... Or knows anyone that is. Anyone who's got any any contact with anyone at, at Akai uh, responsible for producing the, the MPC-1, which is the one that James is interested in, then get in touch with the show. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay, guys? But do get in touch uh, with the show because James is very interested in uh, potentially receiving a new MPC one <laughs> to to record to test out to review maybe on the podcast. We could um, we've already talked about uh, his tunes that he's made on on his MPC two thousand, uh, which are excellent. Uh, and uh, I think you know, uh, send us some free shit. Okay, great, thanks. Worth and that, try, any right? other companies listening, the same applies to you. Basically, <laughs> I will talk about stuff. If you want to send me a new thing, I will say, hey, i got a new thing. Just send me free stuff, please. Feel free. Get in touch. Email. You can put my my, uh, SoundCloud page on this page if you like. I will do that. I've started using it again. I've actually filled up my SoundCloud page now. It's full. Is it? There's about 60, 70 tracks on there or something. Full? God. It's full. I have to delete one now if I want to put a new one up. Oh, that sucks. Not really, because they're not that good anyway. Okay, well, you can just like get 60 or 70 excellent... Bangers. ...top tunes. Okay. So check out my tunes, yeah. Okay, I'll put the SoundCloud link on the page for this episode. All right, and you're going to use that tune. I haven't given that... I haven't put that... You know that one that you like? Yeah. I haven't put that on SoundCloud, and I'm probably not going to. So at the moment, you've got an exclusive script. Okay, great. I've got an exclusive. Good. I'll put that maybe at the end of this episode and I'll talk over the top of it. James, thank you for talking complete shite with me this evening. I hope that we can create a clickbait title for this episode that will do it justice. Uh, Listeners, thank you for listening. James, uh, have a nice evening. All right. And you, are we going to hang up now? We're going to carry on talking. We can, I'll stop recording and then we can just like, you know, have a little chat and then finish. Okay. All right. Cheers then. Bye listeners. So I hope you enjoyed that. It was really silly in the most fun way possible. I'm glad I recorded it. Thank you again to James for featuring in this episode. This tune in the background is one of James's own tunes made on the Akai MPC 2000. Those of you who work for the Akai Consumer Electronics Company uh, over there in Japan, maybe. Those of you who work there, James's MPC 2000 is currently on the floor of his living room with the top off and all the circuits and boards visible. It's not looking good. There's something wrong with it and he needs a new one. So if you're in a position to provide him with an Akai MPC 1, that would definitely help him to help the podcast by providing more background music. Just get in touch with the show if you'd like to help out. And we will dedicate a special episode just to the wonderful Akai company and their delightful music-making machines. If you like James's stuff, if you like his music, I mean, 
that kind of stuff. If you like James's stuff, check out his SoundCloud page where you can hear most of his tunes. You'll find the link on the page for this episode, as usual. And um, as you may know, James is also a DJ. And since his MPC broke, he did a brand new LEP DJ set using his record decks and some new vinyl that he bought recently. That special exclusive DJ mix is now available on the page for this episode. It's also available on the Music Mixes page on my website. People sometimes say to me, uh, Luke, why doesn't your brother do a podcast? Why doesn't he do videos? Why doesn't he contribute those sorts of things to the podcast? He doesn't have his own podcast or YouTube channel. Uh, he does have a YouTube channel where he puts skating stuff. It's called Video Days. V-I-D-E-O-D-A-Z-E. Um, but he does do these music mixes. So he's got decks, he's got a microphone, uh, two turntables and a microphone, I think is the, the appropriate phrase. And he plays music and he's, he talks between each track. So it's like James's radio DJ sort of uh, radio show. He introduces the tracks and talks to them and they are made specifically for listeners to this podcast. So you'll hear James introducing the tunes, speaking to you and DJing some music. Um, go to teacherluke.co.uk and under where it says Luke in the menu click music mixes and you'll find all of his stuff alternatively you can get the Mixcloud app for your phone and listen to it all there also here's a link to James's Mixcloud page with music mixes across various genres including drum and bass dub punk hip hop and so on that's Jim Thompson on Mixcloud also you'll see that I've uploaded various music and comedy mixes myself uh, onto my website uh, again uh, teacherluke.co.uk under where it says Luke look for music mixes and that's where you'll find those and it includes these classic shows uh, the classic breaks mega mix which is when I had a huge pile of CDs of rare groove funk and jazz records and I had a mini disc player and a tape deck and and some headphones, which I used as a microphone. And I recorded this one hour long mega mix of, it must be over a hundred uh, tracks all mixed together. And then I um, recorded myself doing an MC track over the top, but in a very silly impression of a New York DJ uh, doing shout outs and stuff like that. That's the classic breaks mega mix. There's the Moto mix, which was done for a friend in Japan, and it contains lots and lots of stupid improvised comedy sketches by James and me, including impressions, characters, and voices all the way through it. It's a bit of a comedy music mix, really. That's the Moto mix. Then there's Luke's radio show and the Walkman mix. Both of those are just sort of normal sort of DJ mixes by me with talking. And also you'll find some of James's mixes there too. So there you go. There's some info about music mixes and James's stuff if, in, if you're interested in that. So then, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. What do you think? I invite you to leave your comments. Have you heard any conspiracies recently? Have you heard any conspiracies about COVID-19? Ooh, I don't believe them. Uh, but anyway, they're quite interesting to talk about. Have you ever seen a UFO? Have you ever seen something like flying in the sky? You didn't know what it was. Do you believe that aliens exist? Do you think that they've made contact with us yet? Do you think that they might be posing? Do you think that um, maybe they, they are posing as us? Maybe they're posing, uh, they're, they're hiding. They've made contact with us already and they're already living among us. Who do you think might be posing as an alien in the world? Who would it be? Do you think Donald Trump? 
You know, is an alien. It's possible, I suppose. What was that Donald Trump thing I did on the podcast with Dad, where he's an English teacher? You know, he's going, people, there have been tremendous problems with language. Um, I need to make that into a sketch. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I tr- believe me, folks, I know grammar. I can help you. Um, so do, who do you think might be an alien? Do you think I might be an alien? And finally, do you have any good life hacks? And uh, in, on the subject of life hacks, here are some more life hacks just to, dis- just to justify the title. Okay, so here are a few more life hacks. Um, five fairly good ones that I found online, just in case you feel that there weren't enough life hacks in this episode. The meaning of the word hack here is something that makes your life easier. It's like a solution to a problem in life. We talk about life hacks, learning hacks for language learners, simple little tricks that you can apply that make your learning more successful. I think you know what life hacks are then, so here are five more half-decent ones just to make sure that you don't feel undersold by the title of the episode, which is not a sentence that many internet content creators... um, feel the need to say very often, is it? Oh yes, after all, this video uh, doesn't quite live up to the promise of its title. Sorry about that. Um, Something you never hear, but I'd like to be different. So here we go. So five life hacks. First one is use a pillow from a sheet to keep... Wait a minute. Use a pillow from a sheet set to keep the sheets in. So you know you've got a, a sheet set for your bed if you need to change the sheets. You've got the fitted sheet. You've got pillowcases. You've got the um, the duvet cover. Okay, and maybe a few other sheets. Maybe you've got another uh, a sheet. Maybe you've got a valance that runs round the outside of the bed. What's a valance? It's the skirt thing that runs round the edge of the bed as Alan Partridge said. So maybe you've got all these sheets and you clean them and you want to store them. What you can do is fold them up and then put all those folded sheets inside one of the uh, pillow cases. Ah, use a pillowcase from a sheet set to keep the sheets in. All right, uh, here's another one. When you have to hang something with exact holes, photocopy the back and use it as a template. So let's say you're putting a shelf on the wall and you've got to work out where to drill the holes into the wall. Well, photocopy the, the underside of the shelf and use that as a template and then drill through the template. Yay! Here's another one. If you're drilling a hole in the wall, like I did the other day when I hung a, a guitar from the wall of my room here, I had to drill several holes in the wall to fit the, the hook. And so I've got a technique where I use a post-it note. Do you know what a post-it note is? One of those little sticky notes that you can stick on a desk or on a book or something. So you take a post-it note, you you stick it just underneath where you want to drill the hole, and then you fold the paper up so that you end up with like a little platform just underneath where you're going to drill the hole. And then you drill your hole, and the little platform made of a post-it note catches all of the dust and all of the uh, little bits of uh, brick and stone or whatever it is, plaster. It catches it all in a neat little pile, and then you just take it off the wall and fold it up and throw it in the bin. So there you go. Using a a post-it note when you're drilling a hole in the wall. Extremely useful. It means you don't have to then get the vacuum cleaner out and clean it up afterwards. Um, the next one is called the Pomodoro Technique. I've got no idea why it's called the Pomodoro Technique, but here it is. And it's a technique for getting stuff done, because it can be very hard to focus when you're trying to do work. Uh, you end up sitting at the computer, then suddenly, you, before you realise it, you're on Facebook or something. Here is a technique to help you get things done. So what you do is you work for 25 minutes, and then you take a five-minute break. Work for 25 minutes, 
take a five minute break. You can have a clock there counting down. After doing this four times, you take a 30 minute break. And you'll find that this will dramatically increase your productivity. And I definitely agree. When I was marking exams back in the days when I used to work at university, I used to have piles of 200 or more exams. I would set the clock for 10 minutes, blast through as many exam papers as possible in 10 minutes, and then perhaps mess around for a few minutes and then do it again. Set the clock for 10 minutes, go blast through some more. The alarm goes off. I can just mess around for a while. And it made a huge difference compared to just trying to sit and work constantly. Just focus for 10 minutes at a time or 25 minutes at a time. Have regular breaks and it really helps. Here's another one. If your phone is running out of battery and you need to charge it quickly, put your phone on airplane mode in order to charge it faster. It turns things off like the Wi-Fi and your data connection and stuff like that, and it allows the phone to charge much more quickly. But yeah, I think you probably already knew that one, didn't you? Um, And finally, uh, this one, which I don't know if it's a myth or not. You can tell me. It could be a myth. So let's say you've got a bottle of champagne, you've opened it, but you haven't finished it all. How do you keep it uh, fresh and bubbly so it's still fizzy in the fridge? Well, the the old uh, technique uh, is that you take a fork, you take it upside down and you dangle the handle of the fork into the bottle of the champagne and it keeps it fizzy. I think this is an old myth. I think it probably makes no difference, but I'm mentioning it anyway. Because there is a there is a, a a Noel Gallagher story. You heard me right, doing my, my Noel Gallagher earlier on, right in this in this episode. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you heard me do a Noel Gallagher earlier on. Well, this is Noel Gallagher t- telling a story about dangling a fork into a bottle of champagne to keep it fizzy. And by the way, when Noel mentions our kid, our kid means our kid, meaning his brother Liam. So when he mentions our kid, he's talking about Liam. So listen to this little story about whether or not it makes um, you should dangle a fork in a bottle of champagne to keep it fizzy. What happened? I'll explain it afterwards, but I'll let you try and work out what's going on. In the break, you told us. I said, "Come on, you must have another story." For, and then you started telling one. I went, "No, no, no, wait, wait till we're on air." Okay, I've got to start. It's, it, it, it is out there, but it it makes me chuckle. Every time do you I, need, even, I even think of it. Do you need to blank out no, years and dates? No, no, okay, no, 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 no. Okay. So your some of your posher listeners will be aware of the uh, the something physiological happens when you open a bottle of champagne. Uh, what's sparkling wine? Blue Nun. Depending where you come from. Yeah. I, I never seen this till I moved to London. To keep it, you would keep it fresh, you would put a fork... Upside down in the thing, and the and the and the, the, the prong, handle, the pronged bit, when the and the handle would down into the bottle. I could never understand why it kept champagne fresh, but by Jesus, it did. Mm-hmm. And I only knew this when I moved. Along. Anyway, so our kids round at my house one night, uh, and he opens the fridge, and there's a bottle of champagne in it with a fork in, and he says. What have you got a fork in the bottle of champagne for? And I said, what well, keeps it fresh? Does it? I said, yeah, it keeps it fresh. And he went, I'm not having it. And I said, that champagne is two days old. It's still fizzy. He's like, no way, that's amazing. About a week later, I went round to his house. He had a fork in a pint of milk. <laughs> I've not even embellished that. That's a proper true story. 
Okay. So did you get it? So basically, Noel's there in his house. Liam comes round, our kid, and opens up the fridge. And there's a bottle of champagne with a fork in it. And Liam's like, all right, what have you got a, what have you got a fork and a bottle of champagne for? Oh, that's my Liam impression. What, what have you got a fork and that bottle of champagne for? Oh, oh, fucking Liam Gallagher, aren't I? From Manchester. I'm, I was in Oasis, man. Oh, 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 mad for it, mad for it. And Noel, Noel says, it keeps it fresh. Keeps it fizzy. That that bottle's, that that champagne's two days old. And Noel, Liam's like, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I mean, I don't believe it. And then, apparently, a couple of days or a week later, Noel goes round to Liam's house, opens up the fridge. There's a bottle of milk with a fork in it. Yeah, there you go. That's Liam Gallagher for you. And, of course, the milk was not fresh. So, there you are, ladies, my lords, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to this latest episode of Luke's English Podcast. And as I I said earlier, if you like those moments on the podcast when I start speaking in different voices, you know, like this kind of young posh, uh, this young posh chap that I'm doing right now, yeah, I know, uh, you know, William and Harry are pretty good mates with them, actually, yeah. So if you like those moments on the podcast, right, when I uh, start doing voices and things, you should listen to that uh, Moto Mix. I'll put it on the page for the episode. Thank you for listening. Speak to you again on the podcast soon. I look forward to reading your comments. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.